Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'd like for us to go to Romans chapter 5 tonight. Romans the 5th chapter. I want to talk to you tonight. (laughs) Don't get nervous when I tell you the title. 8... Anytime eight is associated with a message, it's dangerous. Eight factors to walking in peace. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the peace of God. Eight factors. And I'm planning on doing them all tonight. And I'm planning on having you out at the normal time. We'll see how that works. Romans chapter 5, go there. Eight factors to walking in peace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Hallelujah. Notice this, it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know He's the Prince of Peace? Peace peace comes from Him, amen. And you know, one of the things that, that happened to me when I gave my life, when I got born again, was the very first thing I noticed that showed up was peace. I will never forget that. This is a special time of year for me, you know, this Christmas season, because I got born again around this time. It was on the 20th. So five days before Christmas, I was was born again. And uh, so it's a special time for me because I, I, it's just as fresh seeming like in my mind today as it was when I got born again. Uh, I, I just remember going after the, I got born again in a church, you know, at a church service on a Sunday night. And after the service, I went home, went back to my bedroom, sat on the bed. And the first thing I thought was, I've never had this much peace in my life. Now, I didn't live a life of peace up to that time. I wasn't like, you know, uh, a, a fighter all the time or anything like that. But, but just the way I lived, you just, I always, you know, I spent a lot of, t- a, a, a considerable amount of time concerned I was going to get arrested. We're doing illegal activities. I got ran out of this. The sheriff ran me out of the town of English. And so I've been back since, and so I'm, I'm welcome back. But, but he is basically, you know, high, get out by high noon or else. You guys don't watch Westerns, do you? All right. Usually when the sheriff runs you out of town of Westerns, you got till noon, high noon. And if you're not out, I'm going to shoot you, you know. But uh, me and a friend had gone there to do some things. We'd gone there to actually fight. A couple guys, and uh, the police got called, and the sheriff said, "You know, you're gonna have to get out of town." So, you know, I didn't have a life of peace until I met Jesus Christ. Amen. When I met Jesus, I had peace. Now I noticed, you know, the things that showed up in my life. The the first things I noticed was that the, the the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, and peace. I noticed that I I, I started loving people, and, uh, and then I had joy. But I don't know, the peace thing just stuck out to me because, man, I really noticed that just so strong, the, the peace thing, you know, uh, and all. And so, you know, I want to talk about this because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the only way we're going to have peace. You know, we, we talk about we have all kinds of politicians and the world promising peace and so forth, and we're going to have peace here. But we never have peace. We'll never have peace till Jesus comes. The Bible says He's the Prince of Peace. And of His government, there will be no end to the increase and there'll be no end to the peace. It'll just continually increase. So peace, you know, can increase in your life. Once you get born again, you have peace with God. 
But because you have peace with God, you can have something the Bible calls the peace of God. Are you listening now? There's a difference. Peace with God means I'm right with God. Peace of God means I'm walking in the peace that Jesus had when he was here. Remember he said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. He said, I'm giving you peace, not as the world gives peace. You know, the world gives peace through promises. A lot of them are lies, you know. Elect me and you're going to have peace. And, you know, how many know no human being can produce peace? It comes from Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. Amen. And so uh, he... Our armies have stopped fighting because of Jesus. You know, uh, the, one of the historical records of World War I, uh, 1914, is they stopped, the, the German and the British stopped fighting on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. They called a truce and they, they, they uh, shared things. They shared tobacco and wine and coffee and food. And, you know, they played soccer. And these are guys that are shooting at one another. But because of, of the birth of that little child, they laid it all aside and were friendly with one another for that 24-hour period or whatever it was. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is he's the only one we can rally around that will bring peace. He's it. He's the only one that has peace. He's the only one that can give peace. And in these last days, the Bible tells us, Jesus told us in Luke, that there would be a lack of peace. It'd be a rare commodity. You know, right now we're in this time where some of the strangest things are hard to find. I remember when I first heard about the toilet paper shortage. Anybody remember the toilet paper shortage? You know, there's a lot of things you can run out of, but that's one of them you don't want to run out of. And I went home and I told Phyllis, did you know there's a toilet paper shortage? He said, no, I didn't know that. Because our God supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No, you know, uh, I suppose God can supply toilet paper, right? If it's a need, right? Why are you so quiet? <laughs> Were you not here when this happened? I mean, you go to Walmart and there's no toilet paper and there's a shortage here. There's, there's commodities. And still this day, there's things that you can't get. I, I, you know, when I eat, for some reason, I have this God-given ability to get it on my shirt. I don't know if it's a man thing or maybe my belly's bigger than what it used to be. I know it is bigger than what it used to be. And it catches things, but, you know, always have kept a, a, a something called stain stick. It was a little stain stick. And the thing worked great, you know. Uh, I'd use it after every meal. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but now there's a shortage of it. Uh, she finally found me some today at a reasonable price, but before she tried to find it, I mean, it's a little thing about like this that you should pay $3.27 for. And I'm thinking it was like $19 or something or $20-something for a stick of that. There's a shortage. But I got three coming my way. Hallelujah. My lovely wife found them. Praise the Lord. 
And so we are no more stains on my shirts from now on. They're coming off, praise God. But, you know, Jesus said, he, he prophesied in Luke 21 that men's hearts would fail them for fear for looking after the things that are coming on the earth. In other words, there would be a peace shortage. There's going to, it's going to be a rare commodity. Not, people are not going to have it. And if, if, if you don't see that today, you're not looking. Because there's a big lack of peace in the world today. But, thank God, we have peace with God. We have the peace of God. Hallelujah. So there's no lack in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So there's no lack of peace here. But when, when the Bible said there in Isaiah, it said of the increase of His kingdom, that there would be no end to the increase of His kingdom and of peace. It lets you know that God wants us to continually increase. Right? He wants us better off next year than we are this year. Amen. And it also says peace, which lets me know that we can, even though, you know, we have peace with God, we can now have the peace of God. And of the increase of that, there can be no end. We can just keep increasing in the peace of God. Hallelujah. And, you know, the Bible says this about peace, and it, 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 uh, it's, it's really, really good. It says that it passes understanding. That's Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God that passes understanding. In other words, you can have peace when it doesn't make sense that you have peace. But it's supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. So here's what we're going to do. And we're going to do this quickly. I'm going to have you out by 8 o'clock, maybe. Maybe before. I know, you're, I know there's a lot of unbelief in the air. I can feel it. But I'm not preaching on these things much at all. I'm just going to give them to you. You can do your own thinking about it if you want to. Amen. But there's eight, eight factors in walking in the peace of God that I want to share with you. I'm sure you can maybe dig more. I don't know. But I'm sure that if you follow these eight, you're going to be walking in the peace of God. Number one is this. You have to choose to receive God's supernatural peace. Amen. In other words, you have to decide that I'm going to have peace. Amen. Remember, Jesus said, we quoted the scripture, my peace I leave with you, I bequeath it to you, I give it unto you, not as the world. Yeah. See, the world promises peace. I, I've said this humorously many times, but I, you know, I've, all these things are true. You know, I remember, you know, the tire commercial years ago, years and years ago, that, you know, you, had, you could have peace if you had the right kind of tires on your car. And they showed a little baby playing in these tires. Then I, then I saw one, you know, peace through uh, life insurance. Well, I have life insurance. But I don't have it for me. I have it for Phyllis. And I have peace, a measure of peace, the knowing that if I went to be with the Lord, she's taken care of. I like that, knowing that. But that's not the peace of God. 
Then I, the one I saw that really was funny was in our local paper, and I was reading it one day, and it's, it, it talked about peace through a prepaid burial plan. And I thought, you know, it doesn't give me a whole lot of peace knowing there's a hole out there waiting on me. What gives me peace is knowing if I go in the hole, I'm coming out. That's God's supernatural peace. See, but that's all the world has to offer. That's all the world has to offer. You know, oh, you've got your 401k and it's doing good. Well, I'm glad it is. But you know what? Listen to me. That can be wiped out in no time. We've seen that. Better be trusting in God. Amen. Better not put your peace in that. Because I know like the last year, it's gone up and down, up and down, up and down, you know. No peace to that. There's peace in knowing that no matter what happens to that, you know, the Bible teaches us to prepare and do things, do things that are right, and we do that part. But no matter what happens to that, I'm still covered. Because I'm a tither. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, I've never seen the, the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus said this. This is John 16, 33. He said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me, everybody say in him, you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. That's what Jesus said. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now, what did he say? He said, well, since I've overcome it, you're an overcomer of it. The world will still try to tribulate you, but you're going to overcome and be of good cheer, have peace, because it's all going to work out. Amen. So he said, in me. So you have to make, you have to make life about him and not about what's going on in your, in your world. You have to make it about him. We used to talk about, you know, getting all your ducks in line. They don't stay in line. Anybody remember this? This was uh, maybe back in the 1990s. This lady was taking fertility drugs. And she got pregnant. Nine. Nine. Anybody remember that lady? Nine. All of them lived. One day, I see this clip, and she's trying to give them all into the bathroom. There are some in the bathroom. There's some in the hallway. They are everywhere. It was so cute. But I'll tell you something. I don't even know why I was telling you that. <laughs> Can't get your ducks all on. Thank you. Thank God my wife's paying attention. Life's kind of like those kids, man. You can't, you know, I don't know how this woman ever got them all in one place at one time, at the same time. I mean, one person. I mean, she was, they were everywhere, you know. And so, you know, if you want to have kids, I guess this woman knows how. Praise the Lord. So, number one, you have to choose. Let me know, everybody say choose. See, it's a choice. See, it, all the promises of God are first of choice. Do you, choose to, do you choose to receive them? Do you choose, I'm going to take that, I'm going to have it. It's going to be part of my life. See, the, the devil can't control your life unless you, unless you allow him. Life can't control you. The world can't control you. Your flesh can't control you unless you let it. So we choose. Number two, you have to delight yourself in God's Word. 
The psalmist said, great peace have they that love your law. So what does that mean? Well, it means we have to have a delight. You have to have a hunger for God's Word. God's Word will give you peace. Amen. God's got, have you know, God in His Word has an answer for everything. He really does. A minister told me, a friend of mine, a real close friend of mine, he told me, he said, you know, he said my father-in-law was in the hospital and he was dying. And the doctors said, if we could just get him to eat, I think he'd make it. But he won't eat. And he told me, he said, you know, he said, I went down to the chapel. You know, this, this hospital had a chapel. He said, I went to the chapel and, he, and, you know, they had a Bible laying there, you know, on the communion table, I guess you'd call it. And he said, I walked up to it and he said, I looked down and that Bible was open to this scripture. Uh, in, 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 uh, he, he read the scripture that it was open to. And here's, here's what that scripture said. It said this, it says, their soul abhors all manner of food. They draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saves them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He said, when I saw that, I prayed that over my father-in-law, and he started eating and lived. But just seeing that scripture brought peace to him. Amen. Uh, a, a pastor in Michigan, he had a lady in his church, and uh, they went in for minor surgery. I don't remember what he said it was now, but it was just minor surgery, and all of a sudden something went wrong, and she was dying. And she said, I heard, I heard them say this. She said, you know, of course, what we don't realize is sometimes when we think people are out, they can still hear. Even though they can't communicate, they can hear. She said, I heard... The doctors say to the nurses, we're losing her. And she knew what that meant. I'm dying. She said, when I heard the doctors say that, she said, I heard my pastor talk. She said, I heard my pastor reading the scriptures. I've set before you life and death, therefore choose life. She said, when I heard that, she said, I said inside of me, I Choose life. She said, after I said that, she didn't say it out loud because she couldn't, but she said it inside of her, I choose life. She said, after I said that, I heard the doctor say, well, she's coming back around. She's going to be all right now. Thank God for the scriptures. I'm telling you, the scriptures give you great peace and comfort. Man, when I read the Bible, I, I, I've never read the Bible and, and not got blessed for doing it. When I read the Bible, I get peace. When you love God's Word, it does something to you. It, you know, a lot of people are, are con- so concerned about, you know, like the world, about, you know, the, they call it now climate change. Uh, they did call it global warming. Um, when I was in the 70s, they, they called it the coming ice age. Yes, sir. We were being warned in the 1970s that we were all going to freeze to death. And thank God Al Gore came along and told us we were all going to burn to death. You know, the guy that invented the Internet. We can cut that out if we need to. But, I mean, you know, I don't believe any of it. 
Now, I'm not saying I don't believe that the earth fluctuates in temperatures. It probably has ever since it's been here. I don't think it has anything to do with man. And I'm going to tell you something. We're trying to save something that God's going to burn up anyway. He said in the end, he's going to burn it and give us a new earth and a new heaven. I don't believe we should just go around polluting the planet. Don't misunderstand that. But I think, you know, trying to try, the, 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 there's this, such an extremism, such a fear. We, we actually have someone in Congress, a Congress person that said in 12 years, we're not going to be here. I think two or three of them has already passed. So we only got about nine. And yet this person is elected and reelected. This is how stupid we've become in America. When the Bible tells me exactly how it's going to end, I already know. I don't have to be in fear. I know how it's going to end. I know what's going to happen. I know that when the Lord comes back, this earth's still going to be here, still clicking along. Amen. So there's just great peace in knowing what the Bible says. I'm not confused about whether I'm a man or I'm a woman. I'm too ugly to be a woman. You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. You can put lipstick on the Doberman Pinscher, it's still a Doberman Pinscher. I know. Why? Because I went to the Bible and I found out that God said in the beginning, God made them male and female. I'm not confused about who I should marry. The Bible says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And I got a pretty good clue what a wife is because I read in the Bible, God made Adam and Eve. And she was so good looking that he called her, wow, man. <laughs> so I've I got this figured out. And, and, and it, the, 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 you know, the world's such, so tore up over these things. We don't need to be tore up. Just go back to the word of God. Amen. Number three, you need to know who you are in Christ. Proverbs, there's a scripture in Proverbs, which we're not looking at any of these, but Proverbs 17, 27 says, a man, the King James says, a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. When you look up that word excellent, it means a cool, calm spirit. In other words, when you know who you are, it produces a calmness in your life. I don't have to question whether I, you know, am more than a conqueror. I don't have to question whether I'm a joint heir with Christ. I don't have to question the, the things that I have because I've taken time to study and find out who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. This is deeper than maybe you think. But if you know who you are, you know your identity. I don't identify with Adam any longer. I identify with Jesus. So much of the world, so much of the church world identifies with Adam, the curse, the fall, sin. I don't identify with that. I identify with Jesus. The blessing, the redemption. Hallelujah. When you know who you are in Christ, it brings you great peace. You have to think of yourself in terms of who you are in Christ. We know our, how many know we know our fleshly limita- limitations? I understand that. I've got it. I get it. I understand. But I'm not limited to that. I've got supernatural help. Yeah, in myself, I'm real capable of failure. And anytime I do things outside of Christ, it usually fails. So I'm real capable of failure. I'm real capable. I, I can be really, I can be, be really, I don't know what the word, I don't want to use a, a, the wrong word here. I don't, but I, 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 can, I can be really slow outside of Christ. But thank God I'm not outside of Christ. 
Occasionally some old me slips through. You know, the Bible says the old man is crucified with Christ. Every now and then he tries to resurrect. You have to put him back down. See? So what Paul said, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Reckon it, count it, treat it that way. Because in reality, you have been made dead to sin. Sin no longer has dominion over me. Hallelujah. Praise God. It has no attraction to me. Amen. That was real quiet on that one. It's like, I'm not going to say amen on that one, but I made you say amen on that one. Yeah. See, if you're born again, you really don't want to sin. Now, your flesh most still may want to, but that's not you. The real you is the born again man on the inside. Amen. That's who you are. So number, number, number five is this. You, you get, number four is this. I got to get through these. <laughs> number four is this. You've got to speak right words. Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I mean, you can kill things in your life by your tongue. I've caught myself. I have to catch myself. I've caught myself praying and asking God for something and then talking another way about it when I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. And I have to repent and say, Father, forgive me. What am I doing here? You have to watch your words. Right? right? right. And, and how many know words can kill your marriage? Words can kill relationships. Amen. S- someday you have, to, you have to Google online and you have to watch... I think that Mayberry RF, that, that Andy Griffith's show, I think it might be called Andy the Marriage Counselor. It's where the boons are on there. And they fought, they threw dishes, they, the police got called to their house, Andy had to go over, he got tired of it, you know? He got tired of doing it. So he made them start talking sweet to one another. And when it started out, you know, it was like, morning, dear, morning, honey. But after a while, it took, and they fell in love with one another, and they were so nice to one another. Anybody see that show? Yeah. They became so nice. The only problem was is now they're mean to everybody else. <laughs> they weren't nice to everybody, but mean to one another. Now they're nice to themselves and mean to everybody. So Andy had to put them back the way they were. But anyway... I always think about that. Morning, dear. Morning, honey. Well, how many know sweet words go a long ways? Yes, they do. Amen. Hallelujah. So you have to speak right words. You have to speak right words over your own self. You have to say the right things. It brings peace to your life. Number five, you need to be a person of thanksgiving, a thankful person. Let's say it this way. You need to be a thankful person. What does that mean? You're, a, a thankful person is one that doesn't always focus on what they don't have, but on what they have. Right. See, no matter how bad you think you have it, let me tell you something, it could be worse. Right. I, every time I go to a third, third world country, uh, I'm always thankful for what I have. I'm thankful every day. I thank God every day for my blessing. Every day. I don't miss a day that I don't thank Him for my blessing. Every day. I'm thanking Him for my natural blessings, my spiritual blessings. I want Him to know, you got a thankful man right here. 
this is a thankful son. I'm thankful for what I have. I mean, sometimes I'll even name it. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my cars. Thank you for this. You know, thank you. For, you know, I'm just thankful for these things because I want, and I want God to know. But, you know, you can, you can get, you know, you can, you can look at see what you don't have. And people focus on what they don't have. Well, I mean, pastor's got Windows 10. I got Windows 7. Such a trial you're going through. I mean, I'll be thank, thank God you got a computer, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, Pastor, he's got, you know, he's got iPhone 13. Well, 14's out now. Well, I don't have 14. No, so you can focus. Just thank God you got a phone. So yours looks like a field walkie-talkie. <laughs> at least you have one. <laughs> Amen. You know, Brother Kenny's got one of them. <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> I'm giving him a hard time. But have me understand, I mean, you, what, God doesn't want you complaining about what you don't have. That's what the children of Israel did. And, and they remained in bondage. You have to be thankful. I got something, praise God. See, we don't have a society like that. Our society is so unthankful. And God said it would be, become that way, that people would become unthankful. And He said from such people, turn away. Turn away from that. Don't be a part of that. Why? Because, you know, you, you know uh, it's like I heard one, one gentleman said he had, a, he had a leg really bothering him, you know. And, and, and all he, but he said, you know, he said, I, all I could think of was, thank God I got a good leg. Amen. And I think there's something too. There's there's a power to that. You know when that when that uh, you know when that um, it, it, one leper. You know the, the 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 lepers that Jesus said, you go your way. You know show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said as they went, they were cleansed. Now we don't know how far they went, but they all went in faith. Listen now, they all went in faith because where they were at, where Jesus said this to them, and where they would have had to gone to to show himself to the priest was about 45 miles. Anybody taking a 45-mile walk lately? How I many these guys don't live where they got to go show themselves to the priest. They live in this area where Jesus is at right now. And he said, go show yourself to the priest, which meant they had to walk, if they were going to do that, 45 miles. They turned around and went. They weren't cleansed yet. They weren't healed yet. But they just obeyed. And they did, and the Bible says, as they went. It doesn't say how far they got. We don't know. Maybe they went a mile. Maybe they went two miles. Maybe they went five miles. We don't know. But as they went, they were cleansed, and only one came back to give thanks. And I always love what Jesus said. He said, uh, your faith has made you whole. He told the others, you're cleansed, but this man's whole. And I got to think about that. Thanksgiving will make, you, make your life whole. I don't really believe that you can have mental health issues if you're a real thankful person. I think it will drive them off. Amen. Number six, you have to watch what you allow in your mind. Romans 8, 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you put garbage in your mind, you're going to get garbage out of your mind and your life. Uh, your mind is like a slide projector. Anybody old, old enough to remember the old slide projectors? You know, you put the little slides in, click, click, and they show up on the screen. What you put in that projector, 
You know, that's what you're going to have in your life. That's what's going to show up on the screen of your life. What are you, what are you allowing in your mind? What kind of thoughts are you, are you allowing to dominate and stay there? Amen. See, if you consume more of the news than you do your Bible, you're going to have a problem with your mind. Or one minister said it this way. I don't know if this is an exact quote, but it's quote. He said, if your intake of, of the uh, uh, news is more than your intake of the Bible, your, your suffering is self-inflicted. You're causing your own problems. You got, you got, to, you got to watch what you, put, what you allow in your mind. Amen? You know, I'm not saying you can't be informed about what's going on, but there's so, you, don't, you don't need to overdo that. You need to have more time with your Bible yes. than you do with the local news or the national news. Because they have no good news at all to report. And most of it is a lie. I don't know why Americans can't figure this out when they've been caught red-handed 375,000 times. Lying. I remember a story in the 1980s, and they were attacking the church. They were attacking preachers, you know. And this one guy had given his life. He was, uh, well, he was, he was actually a, 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 a high priest in the church of Satan. And he went to a meeting of a man of God, um, and he got born again and gave his life to Jesus. And so this man of God, of course, this guy had to leave the church of Satan. He had to leave everything behind. He had nothing. So this man of God helped him and helped him get an apartment and get a vehicle and get him back on his feet. ABC News reports that they're they're putting, you know, that they got him a nice uh, Lincoln car. They put him in a, a nice apartment and being lavishly, you know, spending on this guy because they're using him, this preacher's using him as a drawing card to his ministry. That was what ABC News reported. Charisma News checked the story out. They went and found the guy. Now, we're talking about 1987. 1987. They found him in an apartment in Los Angeles, and it cost $400 a month to rent. You know what a $400 a month apartment looks like in Los Angeles? Open that door, walk in there in that little furnace room, and that's what you got. Not much. They found him with a Lincoln. He had a Lincoln car. But 1970, 1987, it was a 1978 Lincoln. So what they said was true, but they shaded it to make it where it was actually a lie. That's not what you want in your mind. You want the word in your mind. Say, this is good preaching, Pastor. Amen. So watch what you allow in your mind. Number seven, number seven, learn to cast your care upon the Lord. This is a learned habit. When things come your way, learn to cast them over on the Lord because He cares for you. If you're going to have peace, you have to do some things. How many know that? I mean, the, the peace, if you're going to walk in the fullness of that, that the Lord has for you in this area of peace, you've got to do some things. You've you got to have, there's got to be some you factors. Amen? How I many know you have to do some things? Amen. It's, it's you've got, you got to do your homework. Amen? 
It's like a minister, he said, you know, he said, I, uh, he, his church, he said, we had a, uh, a school, you know, uh, I think he said it was from first grade to high school, all the way through. And he said, so one day, he said, I walked through the class, just, just, you know, just paying a visit, just walking through, pastor did. And he said, I walked by in this one classroom, and I walked by this student, and the student stops me and says, Pastor, pray. He said, what for? Pray, we're getting ready to take a test. Pray that I'll make a good grade. And he said, pray that the Holy Spirit, this is what he asked pastor to pray. He said, pray that the Holy Spirit will bring back to my remembrance the answers to these questions. Well, that's good. That's good thing to pray about, isn't it? But here's the problem. Pastor said, did you study the material? He said, no. He said, what would the Holy Spirit bring back to your remembrance? you got to do something. I mean, if we're going to have the peace that God has for us, we got to do some things. we got to guard our minds. Amen? There's some things we got to do. we got to learn to cast our care over on the Lord because He told us to do it. He said do it. It's not a suggestion. It's, 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 it's a commandment from the Word. Casting all your care upon Him. Amen. Number eight. See, y'all owe me apology. Here we are, number eight. I, I told you I wasn't going to preach on these things, and I haven't really, not much. Number eight is you have to choose to believe God in every circumstance of life. How I many you know life throws a lot of circumstances at you? But the Bible says in Romans 15, 13, there's joy and peace in believing. So every time, every time we have circumstances thrown our way, we have a choice. We can either choose to believe God is going to work out, or we can picture failure. You, you know, you, how many know you can plan for failure and not even realize you're doing it? And I've told you that story years ago about us and our traveling ministry. Early 90s, we needed something. I don't remember if it was a tape duplicator, computer, or whatever. We didn't have much money, you know. We didn't have much money in those days. And so um, we needed it. We had the money to buy it. So Phyllis is like, let's buy that. I said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. I said, because in two weeks, we've got these bills that are coming due. And we're not, we're not going to buy that piece of equipment. Now, you know, maybe that could be wisdom, but maybe that could be just unbelief. Right? you got to hear the Holy Ghost. And so she, she, I, she said something to me that changed my thinking in that area. She said, do we need this piece of equipment? I don't remember, how maybe you remember, I don't remember what it was, duplicator, tape duplicator, you know, cassettes. They were white things. And, or it might have been a computer we needed. And then on that, those days, the computers were kind of Stone Age, too. I mean, my first computer was the PC-1. I mean, it was the first thing that IBM made. That's the first computer I had, PC-1. It came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> <clears throat> Somebody finally unpacked it. And so... She said, do we, have the, do we need this piece of equipment? I said, yes, we do. I said, do we, she said, do we have the money to buy it? I said, yes, we do. Go buy it. I, it. It hit me what I was doing. I was planning on not having... God had met the need to buy what we needed. And I was planning on having failure in two weeks from now. Are you all following this? See, see, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I'm planning for failure. I'm planning not to have... The money, if I use this money, I'm planning on God not supplying two weeks from now. He's supplied right now for the need we add, the immediate need we have. 
Right? Now, see, you wouldn't do that with lunch. Would you? No, most guys I know won't. It's like, you know, I have money for lunch today, but I don't have lunch tomorrow. Well, I'm just going to hang on to it so I'll have money for lunch tomorrow. No, you're eating today. <laughs> we'll just figure it out tomorrow. See, that's what I was doing. I, I hope you're getting this, but I was planning to fail here, and I didn't even realize what I was doing. And she was right. We, we need this piece of equipment for our ministry. We have the money to buy it. In two weeks when we got these bills coming, we'll have the money then if we trust God. We do it my way, we're not going to have. We're going to get one piece, one thing, and not the other. But God's got a way of doing it. Amen? So, listen, Hebrews 11.1 tells us this as we close out. Hebrews 11.1 tells us this, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, what we have to do is don't look to the natural for our evidence. Look to God. Look to His Word. If you look in the natural, there's no evidence out there. Amen. This is why many people have problems receiving from God. It's because they, maybe unknowingly, they look to the natural for their evidence of whether they've got it. The evidence is right here. Faith is the evidence. Faith is your evidence. Amen. Real simple. But, you know, this time of year, we talk about Jesus a lot. Well, one of the things that he does, Isaiah says, is he's the Prince of Peace. He's the author of it. You can't have it without him. It's impossible. The world can't give it. You can't buy it. A lot of people think if I just had, if I won the lottery, Pastor, you know, mega millions, man, would I have peace? No, you wouldn't. Just check it out with those that won. A lot of those did. They, a lot of them aren't even alive. No, there's only one place for peace. That's the Prince of Peace. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.